Our Old Testament reading is from 2 Kings chapter 2, which can be found on page 290 in your pew Bible. And we're going to be reading verses 1 and 2, and then 6 through 14. So starting uh, with verse 1. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then at verse 6, Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went, and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up, and struck the water. The water was parted to one side and to the other, until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you, Elisha said. Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them into pieces. He picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? When he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other, and Elisha went over. Our second reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 9, and we will be reading verses 51 through 62. You can find this on page 843 in your pew Bible if you would like to follow along. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Fox have, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go to bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but 
let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Sisters and brothers, this is the word of the Lord. Friends, shall we pray? Gracious and loving God, thank you for this day and the opportunity to uh, seek your will and your way. Help us to hear your word and help us as we experience a moment of reflection and meditation that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our God, our rock, our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. Amen. So again, as I said, uh, when um, our children <laughs> came and joined us, um, uh, Pete the Cat is a huge hero in our house. We absolutely love Pete the Cat. Kenny loves Pete the Cat. Um, he's got many of the Pete the Cat books. But Mike and I also really enjoy Pete the Cat because we feel like there's a lot of wonderful lessons in those books about attitude and acceptance and love and friendship making and being a good person and good to others. They're just fantastic. So if you do have young people in your life, I know many of you do, uh, check out the Pete the Cat books to share with uh, your children, your grandchildren, nieces, nephews, neighbors, because they are fantastic books full of great lessons for life um, as our children grow and learn how to react to the world around them. This particular book this morning talked about seeing the world in a whole new way, right? The birds are singing, the sky is bright, the sun is shining, and I'm feeling all right. You just look for the good in every day. Sisters and brothers, I do believe that God helps us to look for the good in every day and to see the world around us in a whole new way. See the world around us through the lenses of life in Christ. Now, we talk about life in Christ as this thing that gives us joy and peace and happiness. Our children sing about the joy, joy, joy that's down in their heart because they've got the peace that passes understanding down in their heart. We talk about all these wonderful things that come out of a life in Christ. And it's important for us to remember that those things are there, the joy, the peace, the happiness, the contentedness that fills our lives when our lives are filled with Christ. But sisters and brothers, as we live our lives in Christ, one of the things that we experience is that life in Christ is not necessarily the easy way to live, is it? It's not a path that is free from uh, difficulties. It's not a path that is the easy way to live in a world where uh, sometimes the things that we're called to are countercultural. Life in Christ is not the easy way to live. Jesus himself talked about this as he's talking to the men that he encounters along the way. One man comes to him and he says, Teacher, I, I would like to follow you, and I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, Really? Are you sure? Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man, I have nowhere to rest my head. Are you really prepared for the life that you are about to live? 
Jesus reminds this man that he will be stepping outside of a life of comfort in following Christ. In this case, he's talking about physical comfort. They sleep outside. They have nowhere to rest. They rely on the goodness and the kindness of strangers for their food and their shelter. In our lives today, we too are asked to step outside of our comfort in following Christ. Christ calls us into places of discomfort for us, outside of our comfort zones to meet and talk with people whom, with whom we've never encountered, to step into situations and places that are unknown to us and stretch us as people. We are asked to step into lives that are uncomfortable in order to share comfort with others. Next, Christ encounters a man, and he says to him, follow me. And the man looks at him and says, but I first have to go and bury my father. I will follow you, Jesus, but let me go and take care of this first. And at first blush, Jesus' response to him seems very cold. Leave him. Let the dead bury the dead. Follow me. But what Jesus is telling him is that a life following Christ requires sacrifice. In this particular case, it's a sacrifice of the comfort of burying his own father. But for all of us today, it could be sacrifice in so many different ways. Sacrifice of time as we dedicate our lives to the mission and the ministry of Jesus Christ in the world, sacrifice of our treasures as we give of ourselves to the mission and the ministry of Christ in the world, sacrifice of something else that is intangible as we let go of things, the things of this world, those comforts of this world, the pulls and the desires of this world, and as we let go of those, it is a sacrifice as we give up that way to follow Christ. He encounters a third man, and this man, when he hears Jesus say to him, follow me, the man looks at him and says, I will, I will follow you, Jesus, but first let me go take care of my family business. Let me go take care of this stuff that I have going on at home, and, and don't worry, I will be right there. And Jesus says to him, no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. He was reminding this man that as you go and engage in a work, it is important to focus on that work. Give up the work of before. Give up the work of the world. Give up the work that benefits you and instead put yourself solely to the work that is in front of you. If you put your hand to a plow and you're looking behind you, or if you're driving a tractor and you're looking behind you, you're not going to be able to plow a pretty straight row, are you? You're not going to be able to handle the rocks that you might encounter in the field. Instead, the plow will hit them, and you will get hurt and injured. So instead, you need to focus on the work 
in front of you. So you need to give up what you are leaving behind as you follow Christ. It's not easy. Life in Christ is not an easy thing because it takes us out of our comfort zones, requires sacrifice of everything that we have in our lives, and it requires us that we focus on the mission and the ministry and the call of Christ in our lives. As our ordination vows in the Presbyterian Church say, whether you are being ordained as a deacon, a ruling elder, or a teaching elder, as our ordination vows say, we are called to seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love. Our whole being. We are called to seek to serve the people of God with all of who we are and all of what we have. Energy, intelligence, imagination, and love. And again, this is not the easy path because as we give of ourselves and we give up those things that we are called to give up to follow the path that Christ has led, it, led us to, it requires that we go without. It requires that we seek God in everything in God's way instead of our own way. It may mean that we are going to encounter difficult people in difficult situations that we're not quite sure how to handle. It may, may mean that we are going to encounter situations that make us unhappy, uncomfortable, it may even mean that we are called into dangerous places where our lives are at risk to serve God and the people of God in this world. And yet we are called to do so. As difficult as the road is, we are called to do so. We are called to leave behind all of who we were before and follow where God leads. A wonderful example of what it means to give of yourself and, and follow Christ with all that we are, no matter the difficulty of the road, is Elisha. Elisha was Elijah's disciple, primed to take his place as the prophet to Israel. And Elisha, knowing Elijah, knew the difficulties that we've been talking about for the past several weeks of the life that Elijah had led. The threats to the lives of all of the prophets, the threat to the life of Elijah himself, the fact that he had to run from the wrath of Jezebel. It was a dangerous, difficult life. And yet Elijah was called to it, and Elisha was called to follow him. And as he did so several times, Elijah said to Elisha, Look, the path may be too difficult for you. Stay here. And Elisha says, I will not stay. Follow. Elijah said, Do you know where I'm going? I am going to my own death. And Elisha said, I will stay with you and follow you wherever you go. And he followed him. And when Elijah's time had come, and he was taken up to heaven in the whirlwind 
of the chariots of fire. He left behind his mantle, his cloak, and Elisha picked it up and carried it on. Now, in many ways, the, the mantle is symbolic. It's a symbol. It's, it's a cloak, but it's a symbol of the responsibility and the work and the sacrifice and all that Elijah had been called to do in the world. And so in picking up Elijah's mantle, Elisha symbolically picked up the work of Elijah. He picked it up and he carried it on. And then if it weren't clear enough to us, he rolls it up and uses it to strike the water, to part the water in the same manner that Elijah had done so as he went to his death to show to the world that Elisha was carrying on Elijah's work. But not only that, he was carrying on the life that Elijah had led of ministry of truth-telling, and of sacrifice. We, like Elisha, are called to pick up the mantle that Christ is laying down for us. The mantle of responsibility, the mantle of ministry, the mantle of sharing the good news of God in the world, the mantle of building God's kingdom, the mantle of love. And as we pick up that mantle, as Jesus told those three men and all of us, it does require so much. It requires sacrifice and hard work. The path will not always be clear, but we are called to clear the path and, as John the Baptist said, to make straight the paths in the, in the wilderness, to bring the, the mountains high and the valleys, or I'm sorry, the, the mountains low and the valleys high so that others may have an easier way. We are called to take that difficult path and clear it for others as they too follow Christ. We are called to pick up the mantle of Christ and use it for God's work, God's mission and ministry in this world, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, to show God's love and give God's peace and build God's kingdom. And sisters and brothers, that is not always going to be easy. As we speak truth, as we show love, as we share a cup of cold water and a hot meal, it is not always easy. But the good news is this, that there's not a lack of joy in that. One, God helps us to look at the world and, and look at the work that we are given and to see it through those cool blue magic sunglasses. To see all of this work in a whole new way. 
And in Christ, we don't see it for the difficulty that it is, and we don't see the uh, stepping outside of our comfort zones as the discomforting thing that it is, and we see it as what we are called to do, and we see it as what God is asking us to do, and we see it as a joy, because we find our joy in these things, and God fills our hearts with joy. We do these things, and as we dedicate our lives to this work, we do so more and more because of the joy that we have in Christ, and it's this wonderful chicken and egg thing where lives are filled with joy, so we are called to this difficult work, which fills our lives with joy, which calls us to more difficult work, which fills our lives with joy. And sometimes, sisters and brothers, we are going to stumble and fall. We are going to encounter the rocks in the row that we are plowing. We are going to encounter stumbling blocks. We are going to encounter barriers. We are going to encounter high hills and low valleys. We are going to encounter those days that make us mad and sad and frustrated. We are going to encounter all those times and places in a life in Christ which are difficult. And God will fill our lives with joy. giving us the strength to continue to do the work that we are called to do. And so, sisters and brothers, I want you to know that it is okay to acknowledge that this is a difficult path that we are called to. And it is okay to acknowledge those days when we are mad and sad and frustrated. And it is okay to admit that this is not an easy path that we have been called to and that life in Christ is not easy and that it requires sacrifice and hard work and difficulty and sometimes pain. And it's okay to admit those things. But know that as we walk together in Christ, through Christ, with Christ. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, we find God's love. And as I said, we know that we are filled with the joy and the peace and the happiness and the contentedness of the life in Christ. So let us give thanks to God for that. Let us give thanks to God for the joy that we find in every day. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the work that you have given us. Even on those days when the work is difficult and the road is long, we thank you. And we ask that you fill our hearts with joy. We thank you. And we ask that you guide us through the rough places. And we thank you for the peace that you have given our hearts in times of difficulty and trial. We thank you for the happiness that you have given us in the uncomfortable places. Help us to see the world in your way, through your eyes and embrace the joy that you have given us through the love of Jesus Christ. 
And as we do so, we ask, O Lord, that you guide us in your way. Help us to speak for the voiceless. Feed the hungry. Quench the thirst of the parched. Give shelter to those who are homeless or without a home. Give comfort to the hurting and the sick. We pray that you may give us what we need to share your word and your will and your love in this world. Help us to build your kingdom. And as we wait for your kingdom, O Lord, we ask that you ever remind us of your presence and make your presence known to all of us in those difficult places. Give your peace and your comfort. Heal the broken. Give strength to the weary and hope to those who are lost. We pray for your peace and your wisdom in the world, especially during this time of great global uncertainty. Help us to turn our faces to you and to trust in you. Calm our hearts and our lives that we may not act rashly, but instead help us to act in your way, following your path, even through the difficult days. And we pray all of these things in the name of your Son, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.